October 13, 2021. It's Watt for Pedro Show. In my opinion of uh, jazz, as mm-hmm. you call it now, we talk about that later. Um, okay, well, it, call it what you want. <laughs> yeah, call it what you want. Uh, to me, it is, it is an expression of... Uh, to me, it's uh, music, and uh, this music is an expression of the highest, to me, higher mm-hmm. ideal. Mm-hmm. So therefore, uh, brotherhood is there. And I believe with brotherhood, there would be no poverty. And also, with brotherhood, there would be no war. for Pedro Show Happy Wednesday started off with John Coltrane talking to Frank Kosky in that supermarket parking lot station wagon November 1966 little excerpt 
and uh, Michael Formanek after that solo. Michael Formanek solo. Quick draw is the tune, and because of those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention, I have with me Michael Formanek. Welcome aboard, Michael. Hey, thank you, Mike. Happy to be here. Yeah, we got to give big thanks to uh, Anthony Perroge for the Connect. He, you, you play with him sometimes, right? Yeah, I do. Um, hasn't been much in a while, you know, obvi for obvious reasons, I guess. But uh, but we've done quite a bit together. I before I was in uh, New Jersey this time, I was in Baltimore for a bunch of years, and Anthony is sort of in the D.C. area, so we did a lot down there. And I played some in his trio, made a couple recordings, and then we just do little improv gigs here and there. So all right, I'm nice. interested in your journey through music. So let's go way before the. Anthony Perroge years. In okay. fact, try to bring me your earliest musical memory, period. <laughs> well, remember, it's the Watford Pedro show, so there's no hard questions. There's no wrong answers. <laughs> That's right. No, earliest musical memory was uh, the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show with Ringo up on the, the riser there, you know, so that's kind of where it, where it started. So I guess I was like five. But, uh, I mean, I, I got into it, you know, uh, in the, uh, I don't know, mid 70s, early seventies, I guess, just playing with friends and, and well, let the, me ask you this, the pad yeah. you grew up in, was there musical yeah. instruments? Yeah. Yeah. My dad had a few guitars. Uh, he didn't really play. He tried, but there were always a few guitars around. Did you jump picked, on them? Yeah, I did. And I, you know, I tried, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't good. Usually four strings was enough for me. I, I was eventually uh, told to just stay on those, but, uh, but mean, I, but I did try. Michael, yeah. you mean there was a bass too? No, there, there were just guitars then. I, that came, the bass came later, but there was, uh, there was, my family's Russian. There was a, a balalaika around. There was a oh, three probably, string. Probably, yeah, so, so there was a there was a few now, different. I, I asked things. you about the four string because uh, for the first couple of years, I thought that's what a bass was because Arena Rocky was so fucking far away. I thought they were guitars with four strings. <laughs> right. I found out they were drum sets with four strings. <laughs> that took a while though. Let, let me right. ask you this, Michael: first record you bought with your own money? Uh, that I didn't shoplift. Uh, let me think. That ain't um, buying. That's kiping. Uh, I think it was, it must've been like, like, like a Rolling Stones, right? I think, I think it might've been uh, through the past darkly, something like that. I, I'm, I'm not sure, but, and then, and but then I first gig it, you yeah. saw first, uh, real gig was uh grand funk railroad at the Oakland Coliseum. And it was, uh, I, we were way in the back and it was loud as shit, but it was, you know, it, it had an impact. I mean, I don't know if I could go back and listen to it now, but I the saw time. them. Uh, in fact, they got blown off the stage by uh, that Boston band. First, I, they did a version of First I Go for the, Jay Giles band. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, I wasn't a big grand man, but they were huge. That red, especially when they changed their name, they they took out the railroad and that red record. Everybody had like you just got that for your living room so you could prove you were cool. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Shit. Yeah. It, it was yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I was no uh, nobody picks well, in whatever, those days. You know. In a lot of ways, yeah. there's a lot of peer pressure, and then a lot of circumstance. And I understand. Yeah. Yep. Um, let me ask you this: At school, were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? Uh, no, I ended up in the, um, you know, the band, like eventually, like the jazz band and stuff like that. I mean, I, I did. I think I played bass for about a year 
in fifth grade and I was sort of in the orchestra, but the, the, the band director was, you know, he was kind of cruel and, and, uh, and I think I got out of there pretty quick, but yeah, it was mostly like high school band and stuff. Not much before that. Now, Michael, was that the first time you got on a bass? Yeah. Yeah. That was about fifth grade. And now, there was, no, uh, and it was a stand up, right? Yep. Which would you ask people, uh, for listeners out there, we use the three quarter. In Europe, they use the big daddies. <laughs> but fucking, they're still 41 inch, okay? <laughs> right. Scale, exactly. fuck. And, yes. and fifth grader, goddamn, right. Yeah, what? I was a big kid, so Were they you a just... a big guy? Kind of, oh, okay. Yeah, they just sort of pointed there and said, you play that. And, and so I, I tried it, and it didn't really stick the first time. Well, let me ask you this. Not after school, I graduate, but afternoon time, the garage band, basement band, bedroom band, did you get into that shit? Yeah, I mean that was that was kind of where, where like we had me and a bunch of friends. We we all had gotten guitars and electric guitars and started playing at one of the the drummer's house. And that you know it, we were the three three guys playing guitar, and I was by far the weakest uh, in terms of like playing anything, you know, that sounded like music. And so they just kind of pointed to the four strings on and said, just play those. And I just. You know, that's her word started. Oh, so you played like four strings, kind of like yeah, I on, did. Did you didn't take the B and the E off? You left them on. I just left them on for a while, but then I went and got a bass. Like I, I got a, I think I got like a an Aria Beetle bass or something Beetle bass copy, and I played that for a while. And I just, you know, I just kind of went from there. Okay, well, how'd you go from there? Did you get lessons? Did you try learning off records? Uh, yeah, I guess a, a bit of all of it. I didn't have many lessons then. I had, I had guitar lessons when I was a little younger. Those didn't go so well. And then, uh, the, the, this was mostly just playing with the friends and watching, you know, listening to the records and, and kind of watching what they did. And, you know, so it was mostly like that until pretty much until high school when I sort of got semi-serious about music. So till then it was, I was just kind of screwing around and well, trying did, to figure uh, it out. Did that, yeah. uh, uh, was at the drummer's house. That was at the drummer's house. Yeah. Like what? Basement, garage. Bedroom? That was a kind of li- that was sort of living room. You living know, room. Like, That's some right bitching parents. Right in the middle of the house. Yep. No, they they were they were pretty cool. <laughs> the guy's dad actually had was a musician and he oh, had a, okay. a really nice old Gibson guitar and a, like an amp and you know so there was they they were kind of into it and then a couple other friends we play in garages but we, we the cops would come a lot yeah you know. i was going to ask you did this band ever do yeah. gigs like garage gigs huh mostly just playing in the garage and then eventually maybe a little bit of uh you know eighth grade dance high school you know whatever do you but, remember I mean, your first uh public Maybe shaming. Uh, Maybe it was not shaming. It was victory. <laughs> Success. No, I think it was probably pretty much shaming. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was one of those. Yeah, it must have been around, I don't know, around eighth grade or something, playing in a in one of the other elementary schools. And, and, uh, and it, I mean, it was just basically it was all instrumental. We would just kind of jam and, and uh, you know, probably wasn't it wasn't much to listen to. But, it, yeah, we... It was pretty shameful, I guess, overall. No, you know, no, no, we... no, judging, I shouldn't <laughs> say judging, but I'm going to assume, use that dangerous word. My pop <laughs> was convinced that spelling was not accidental. It was some kind of, <laughs> yeah, right. it's like, right. kind of way to cipher the whole world, you know. But right. but anyway, because uh, of the hierarchy situation, you weren't involved with much of the composition? Not at that point. I mean, maybe... 
a little bit later, it, it was more like riff, kind of riff jam. Here I got this this riff, and then we've just kind of built stuff off of it. But yeah, not, no no composition, no no lyrics, no you know nothing that really resembled songs very much. Yeah, believe it or not, man, all those big uh, famous songs, Jane's Addiction, those all come from bass licks. Yeah, yeah, and no, no R and B stuff, right? All kinds yeah. of bass licks. Yeah, so. Yeah, 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 sure. You gave me this. Uh, are you into Steve King? Um, not really. Well, because this this song uh, you gave me called "The Stand." He wrote some. Oh. Fucking, uh, I don't know horror story about a virus or some shit. Oh, you're talking about Stephen King. They're all right. Sorry, I, I kind of I thought you were talking about someone else. No, yeah, I I I I wasn't actually thinking about that title, but I but I remember that. That story that was actually a good a good book. This I don't know. I was just titling stuff, and I just liked the way it felt with that piece. So okay, I, let's cool. listen. Thank 
forgotten foods found, filling voided insides, hankering truck big on the roadside, stomachs barbed wired in hungry knots, soon to be untied by salted muscles, lured by treats of tasty patriotism, culled from one green heaven, to dance these oaken smoke notes in peppery pirouettes until wranglers hoot, queuing in muddy cowsuit shods after spat nails, toted bales, and hopping clods, these savory winds brainward sailed, lassoing taste buds into frenzy. Dang but them clever scents tease a belly. Our abandoned penchant withers at first bite. Bamboozled we drool. No more this yearning gut. Ready now to metabolize. Smoke-greased infusions arrived. Wildly a gustatory carnality is imbibed. Ah, slavering utopia. No place but my own. My face, the home for this dusky delicacy. Chased by slaws and fountain fizz quaffs. Bellies laugh at these quality meats. We cavemen salute this primordial feast, delivered us upon this board. Momentarily, our toils ignored, as greasy discs and sweating mugs be drained. The fast broken and faithful camaraderie again, for blessed is this repast given. Not today is our body or will shriven, shine we in gratitude to this fullness. For again we shall do and tell the lore, soul food within we are satisfied once more.
ragged hands and on immersed spongy fields, a headless bull in transit with a pregnant nest of Pedro Show, start that chunk music off with Michael Formanick solo. I guess as opposed to his other bands like court, the Illusion Quartet, and we'll get on to that. And then just the plain old quartet. And, okay, and then Bubba Q's heard thank from Chris Goger. Yeah, he just moved from Austin, but he's still in Texas. Uh, SLWCC Watt. That's a project got with uh, Sam Lock Ward in Iowa City. Uh, out of Burger. Bombs Prendon after that. Make it a hit. 
all the record label bosses love that. And <laughs> cracking the pavement from Neil Turpin. This is a drummer man in Leeds. He said, yeah, I'll make a record where I play everything. Why not? I love it. Guided by voices, Bob Pollard's got new People Need Holes. Thud finally came out. This is a buddy of Kay's, and I think she's playing bass on this. And uh, Glenn Brown, I love it. Pineapple Pants. Victoria Shen after that. Cloaca Ligatures Walkthrough. Some kind of soundtrack to an installation she made. Uh, Flying Clouds, Dawn, Rolling Storm at Dust, Rosy Clouds, Frame, Emerald Pavilion. <laughs> That's a title. And it's translated from Chinese. Gabby Wen off her new album. Mochatoma from Ukraine, Shmeshno. Sorry for fucking up that language. And Walls and Roses. Mary Halverson, co-girl with Robert Wyatt. I didn't understand. What was what's that about? Because I got it from you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What um, is so so? You do you know Mary at all? You know her music? No. Oh, she she's she's an amazing, amazing guitarist and and composer. Um, I've been playing with her for you know about ten years. She's not a code. She's not a code girl. Well, no, that's just that's just the name of the band. But uh, but it's her band, and she writes all the all the music. But she was a big Robert Wyatt fan. Oh yeah, so, incredible. So when, yeah, so when she wrote this music for the last record, she she asked him if he would be on a few pieces, and so oh, so that's was, beautiful. Yeah, so that I've was, heard he's a very generous cat. Yeah, yeah. I mean it, and really, it was really cool. And he seemed to really be into her thing, and so. That was that was that was nice. Yeah, and people, he was a drummer, man. Yeah, I, I I say this shit, Michael, because these fucking old fashioned ideas of bass and drummers being just some kind of side mice. Yeah. Now I'm not trying to say we're better than the other cats we share stage with, but this. Yes, know. we are, but it's okay. You okay. can you can say it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking out no. loud. All right. <laughs> okay, let's get back to your journey. Now, uh, after school, like high school, you go to yeah. higher education for music. Yeah, kind of. I, I did for one year. Um, I went to a to a, to a state university in 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 the in the East Bay, um, and uh, and I stuck around for a year. But I was I was already playing. Uh, you know, I started playing gigs, and I was out doing stuff. And I just it just wasn't for me at that point. What about the move? From the electric bass, that Hofner copy. Mm -hmm. I got a real Hofner. Well, it's made in China Hofner, but it was 250. They are their own machine. They are so trippy and singular with their own persona. They are. Tiny little flats, tiny little body. (laughs) I mean, I just did a gig with them. And I always keep uh, mine where I comp because I can compose on it, too. I mean, they are bitching. And and people try to compare them to Fender P's. Of course, they're a little different, but. Yeah, it's not like they they don't have their role, I think. Anyway, when do you make the switch from the electric to the stand-up? Okay, so so I I mean I I made a couple of bass switches in the in the meantime I got a a P bass I think around seventy two and I so I started again I was doing that and then somewhere maybe about three years later two or three years later <clears throat> I went to a gig down at this little beach house in the near San Francisco, near Santa Cruz. And I just, I, there was a bass player there played kind of blew my mind playing like 
acoustic bass and playing these long crazy solos and doing all this stuff and i just i just really got got into it and so um i asked my cut the high school band director if i could borrow bass and i did that so that was that kind of happened at about 15 or 15 and a half i kept playing both of them though and i did for until i moved to new york in 78 so i was still doing that like maybe till about uh, till about uh early 80s mid 80s and then i just at a certain point i just kind of got into that thing of like i don't want to try to do everything okay i just want to do one thing really well that and so it just kind of and i just said this is the one that sort of is kicking my ass the hardest right now so i just want to you know i just want to try to play it all the time and the other thing is that at that time everybody wanted especially in the kind of the jazz world, which is more what, what it did. I got more, a little more deeply into. If you had an electric bass, you know, you'd play a bunch of jazz tunes and there'll be like one funk tune or one like something. And it always felt stupid to me. It just always felt like I'm playing this thing and then I put it down and I pick up this other thing and we play this thing and it's, and it's not satisfying. And then I go back and play. So I just decided said, I don't do that anymore. And it was more like one of those things for my head. So that, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. I came back to it later more for fun, but I don't like try to play any like styles or I don't try to do anything that anybody would actually want me to play. So <laughs> that's funny because usually, you know, the bass guy's got to be the aid and a better person. Uh, right. Let me, let me ask you this out of, pull it out of my yang. Okay. You get on the P base. Did you know about yeah. James Jamerson? Uh, I, I learned about Jamerson um, from the first, one of my first teachers who was a, a great bass player named James Leary. And he had he was a acoustic bass player. I was studying with him, and then I went into his music room, and he and he pulls out this P bass, and he says, "Here, check this out." And I picked it up, and the strings were like super high, and it was, <laughs> you know, flats. They were like dirty flat ones that were like three inches <laughs> off the, you know, off the. And 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 he goes, he goes, yeah, you try to play that. That's you check out James Jamerson. Yeah. And that's like the thing. So he he kind of turned me on to him then. But, but I, 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 Michael, yeah. you know the story though because he. he he was a stand-up man. They yeah, just couldn't yeah. record him good, right? Yep. So yep. he moves over, and man, he wouldn't even intonate it. He didn't. In some ways, some people said he had no respect for the electric bass, but I think all of us on the electric bass owe that man more. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it's it's so great. His lines were so creative. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he'd do things that no, you know, nobody else like, especially all the studio guys that would never do. You know, it was it was great. Well, a lot of them studio guys were guitar cats that moved over. Yeah, because they needed exactly. the work. No one wanted to rock the bass, right? Yep, yep. So you got Joe, Joe Osborne. I mean, some of these are great. They're playing with a pick and shit. He's doing flats, sure. but with a pick. Carol Kay yep. comes Carol over. Carol Kay. Yep. Uh, yep. Interesting, because uh, not licks, not riffs, working uh, arpeggiating the notes inside chords. Another yeah, approach yeah, to yeah. It. yeah. It's a big classroom. I th when you say you wanted to narrow your focus, you still kept it to bass. You just yeah yeah the big I, yeah, giant well, I, thing without the chin i got part. it yeah i just got into it because that says that's such a physical instrument yeah you know that like it just you know that i needed to go into one of those times when i was just spending you know many hours a day practicing and play, practicing sure, with the bow sure. classicals you know all that and it, it was more like i i just don't you know i just don't want to try to you know every five minutes be doing being something else to somebody and the and the one thing i, I got to say especially then in new york is it was all about kind of play this like this person or play this like that person and those days yeah maybe okay was, let me ask you about that 
yeah, Jimmy yeah. Garrison, Charlie Hayden. Yeah. yeah. You were listening yeah. to them. I was listening to them heavy and, and Okay, heavily. what about the other side? Paul Chambers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean uh, Mr. Ray Brown. Everything. Yeah. I mean, I have my, my personal preferences, but I mean I you know, I listened a lot to everybody. I was lucky enough to get to hear, you know, a, a, a number of them play live, not not all. But I mean I loved, you know, Richard Davis and I loved Ron Carter back, you know. Doctor Art Davis. Dar Art Davis Whoa. was great. I mean you know, um, it was, it's an amazing, uh, world of, uh, of bass players, but yeah, you know, Charlie, here's Ray, a tripper one. He yeah. played a lot with Horace Tapscott, Roberto yeah. Miranda. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I don't, re I've met him, uh, playing, playing a gig in LA once. Um, but I, I don't really know him, but I know him, you know, he's Saw on him play a lot and he was tripper, trippy style, kind of brought a Latin thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, he, and then no, I'm talking about Latin. What about, uh, uh, Cachao? Yeah, I mean that's a whole other. Yeah, talk about like whole classrooms or whatever. I mean that's just a, whole, <laughs> a whole complete study unto itself. And I, you know, I always kind of like when it comes to like Latin music or Afro-Cuban music, it's like I just I'll just say the first thing is like I just know the tiniest little bit yeah. of, of of things, and I've sort of in a push comes to shove in a certain situation, I can kind of find my way a little bit. But it's that's such a heavy. And why? Because uh, music study. is music, right? Fuck job. Right. I mean, yeah, we all, right. there's cultural centers and stuff, but right. we're all learning from each other. Okay, right. on the one more question about stand-up yep. as far as technology. What about mm -hmm. this trip called the URB? I, I don't even know what that is. What is well, it's a big neck, but it ain't got no body. Oh, 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 okay. You mean like uh, like just any kind of electric upright type bass, or is, yeah. it, is it a certain one? Oh, yeah, it's some I, kind know, of hybrid between the Fender P and your stand-up. Okay, right. I mean, the thing about it is this. This is the way, the kind of the way I look at it. I mean, every instrument, they, you know, whatever you come up with, I think there's, there's, there's a place for it, and it's valid. I mean, they're not. There, it's going to be a different thing. Like even with the bass, when you you know talk about a stand-up bass, I mean, for me, that all that does is say this is the direction the neck points. It doesn't say anything about the body. Or it doesn't say anything about you know the wood that you're. So to me, that I, that's really what I like to do is play the the body, the resonating chamber ah. that makes that that makes that sound. I want to feel that. Oh, you right. know. Right. So talk you could about, be talking talk about, about a, a sousaphone or, or, or tuba. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean. Bone. But yeah, but or it's like a, it's like a big drum, you know. Yeah, I mean, big in a drum. way, absolutely. Think about absolutely. the bass like that, you know. Absolutely. So that's really what I what I love. But but yeah. then certain situations, if I if I plug into an amp or if I decide I want to go through some electronics or some pedals or something, that's a different thing. That I could do on any instrument that plugs in. <laughs> Alabama <some> sausage whistle. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> Look, we're at the end of the first hour, October 13, twenty twenty one edition. My Peterson, special guest. Michael Foreman at Hold Tight Forever 2. October 13, 2021. It's the second hour of Watch for Pedro Show.
Hot for Pedro show second hour started off with Michael and Peter Formanek. Maybe a sibling thing here. Horse Syrinx. Ben Salter from Tasmania with Destitute. After that, Crove, which is rough in English, from uh, Trobakova Kushnapeshi, Slovenia, live at the uh, Club MC Koper, 1987. Oh, no, but still Yugoslavia. How Yes No out of Croatia. My dad up around the sun. This is Tim Kerr's new band out of Austin. Last Indian. But he's in Mallorca right now painting some art murals. And Anthony Perot. It's from you, Michael. Adama yeah. the painter. So you're 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 the bass man helping this painter. Yeah. Uh, Evidently. <laughs> now, we, we kind of blew the wad by talking about the whole connect with Anthony at the beginning of the show. But... Uh, you met him, you were talking about, at this point in your spiel, you're in New York City, but you end up getting closer to Anthony into the D.C. area, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was down there um, for about 15 years, and, and I got to know him somewhere. He and, and his wife, Janelle, who's a great... Uh, she was cellist. on the show, too. Well, yeah, yeah. So so I got I got to know you know cello, know that yeah she plays cello and, and what's guitar. The, what's she the big diff, does, right? It's it's almost just like yours, but big diff. It's that smaller, and the tuning is different. Fifths. It's, it's tuned like a violin, right? Fifths, so, right? The, uh, so you get more drama between the uh, string jumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ours it's are a, clustered a little more close. Right now, you know there yeah. was bass mandolins. Yeah. Now, I oh, mentioned yeah. this because Leo thought he invented the fretted bass. That's why he called it a precision. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. where P-bass comes from, right? Right, right, yep. Actually, you know, there was mandolin, or and they were mainly a lot of women, right, around 100, 120 years ago. And they'd have all the sizes. This was the old days way of dealing with timber. Yeah. Right? Why <laughs> you don't see saxophones and symphonies, right? There's something wrong. All B notes aren't created equal. <laughs> right. Actually, I got the same B note on each of my four strings in my bass, and they sound way different. Way di uh, different diameter string, different part of the neck. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's that's great because a lot of people don't think about that. That's you know, it feels totally different when you play it there, right? The big fat B on Absolute. the B string, instead of, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you must be thinking of that too. Now, I know upright guys. Every chance you get, use an open string, right? Because of the, the difficult, the physical thing you were talking about. But that leads to interesting trips. You know, yeah. when you set up and try to play a bass guitar like Andre Segovia on a classical guitar with your thumb behind the neck and the positioning, yep. you're not really dealing with the instrument on its organic thing, I think. I'm not saying yeah. it's wrong, but yeah, it yeah, seems yeah. kind of like uh, glossing over some inherent trip. Right, right. No, well, that's why they're they're making instruments now that almost are totally different. That don't, to me, don't even resemble the electric bass. They're like it's another thing, right? Like the six strings that are really super, you know, super clear and clean sound. I mean, that's not my taste, but yeah, you know, some people are really into that. You know, whatever. But that's fine. I like, like, you know, like I gotta say, I mean, I'm on your show, but I love your sound. I love what you get out of the bass. I love, you know, it's a great, you know. It's a that's that's kind of the, the the type of sound I hear on electric bass. Whoa, that's great. That's the most yeah. kind, but a lot a lot of uh, guidance from Mr. Jameson, and then and then yeah. also a Jack yeah. Bruce. I gotta say he had a huge impact on me. 
Yeah, me too. Man, he, I got, I, that was, you know, wasn't my first gig, but maybe in my early gigs, though, I did get to see him with that when uh, Wes Bruce and Lang were touring for a while. Sure, that sure. Day. I remember yeah, that. And, but I, I think just the got, album just was called just, Why Don't You? Why Don't You? Right. <laughs> and it. they had their heads coming out of little clouds or some <laughs> shit. But it was basically Mountain with, uh, it was, yeah, yeah, with, we exactly. Instead with of Felix, group. it was Jack. Yeah. Yeah. But just to get it, get to see him play live was great. I mean, I was I was into that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I had a, uh, you know, those cream ones, especially Wheels of Fire, man. When they uh, do Crossroads and they mixed it, so he's Port and I think Eric Starbird, and you can hear him roll them so hard. Yeah. And, uh, because of all the hierarchy and and also the acoustics of Stadium Rock and, sh and just all led up to. It wasn't until the movement came, I felt like I was on an equal foot. And D. Boone, that was a big part of the thing. He wanted to get things more egalitarian. Uh, you get, uh, tell me about that. Uh, your, is that your brother, Peter? No, that's my son. Whoa, okay. Yeah. Stupid Watt. Slow learner <laughs> yeah. Watt. Okay, no, tell me cool. about that. It's cool. No, he, no it's uh, Peter. Um, he's uh, 26 now, and uh, we he, he just always gravitated towards music like we always had a lot of musicians in the house and they'd come and he peter would just play whatever he mostly was playing guitar i guess until he was about 11 or 12 and then he got into the saxophone and and uh he's he's a you know he's a he's an excellent like saxophone clarinet player and uh and flute player and uh and you know really good improviser he's always been improvising so so he can kind of just improvise with anybody um and so I, a couple of years ago, I, I mean, I'm glad I did it before the pandemic and all that shit, but, but, um, I just, I, I just said, Peter, you know, I want to book a few gigs. We'll do some, you know, just, just to, to do it. Cause I mean, I'm thinking, well, when, when, am I, when else is this going to ever happen if I don't just do it? And so I booked a little tour. We did a little tour around the Midwest and the Northeast. And then a couple months later, he came back to visit. He lives in Michigan, but he came back to visit and uh, we did the recording and put it out. You know, in the in the winter. That's beautiful because you know I know yes. a lot of music cats. They're kids. No way am I going to do music. <laughs> yeah, like Ian Mackay, right? I had him on the yeah. show. My my organ man, Pizzo, in second yeah. hand, won't touch music. Mainly, yeah. I think it's they want to be their own men or something. Yeah, but I think you could still do that, like what your boy did. He didn't become a bass man. He became a right. Sex man. Yeah, exactly. And he's got it. You know, he he. You know, he he. He has his own thing. He has his own way of doing stuff. So it's like, you know, it's like for me, when we, when we do it, it's just like another peer, you know, it's like someone that, that we can just, we get together and play and it just, you know, it's, there's some natural connection there, but it's just like playing with some, anyone that I, you know, have a good, real good rapport with. Yeah. Yeah. Look, you gave me this, that was there and I want to play it.
Pedro show. That chunk started off as that was then Michael Formanek Illusion Quartet. If the one after that called on God's, God's Carpet. Now Margolis Chester, New York. He's gonna be on the show next week. And then Sucker Punch, Michael Formanek, very practical trio. Enlighten us, Michael. <laughs> with <laughs> with them, them with two uh, uh units you got. Okay. Um yeah, um let's see. The Illusion Quartet I formed uh, in around 2017. Um, it's a matter of 2016, anyway, somewhere back there. Uh, Tony Malaby, great tenor saxophonist, big, beautiful sound, earthy, fiery sound. Um, and uh, um, Chess Smith, I don't know if you know Chess, but a great, amazing Shit, drummer. Yeah. Big yeah. man, and he's a great stick man with the beat in his hand. Yep, yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. So, so, and Chess also played some vibes on this record, and, and Chris Davis is a, a fantastic pianist. So it's a really, to me, really nice combination of, of people and music. So I try to do that when I can. We did that record. We're going to do another one next year sometime. And then, uh, and then the trio, uh, Tim Byrne and Mary Halverson, I put together this trio. We did this one record called Even Better. And and uh, they're probably two of the people, I guess, besides my son, that I have kind of the, one of the most natural musical relationships with connections where, where, like, we just play and you don't have to think about anything. You don't have to talk about anything. It's just very, there's just that kind of connection. So I wanted to do a trio with them. And uh, and so that's that record. We've done a little touring, mostly Mostly that was right before 2020, I think, or You're early. You're talking Code Girl. No, this is a different band. It's the same guitarist, but um, yeah, but, yeah, uh, that, yeah, that, that's you know. what I meant. I mean, the, yeah, the oh, lady oh, right. from Code Girl. Oh, the late, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mary Halverson, and she's she's the guitarist, and so she plays in that group. She plays in some of my groups, including my big band and some other one. That's ones I play in her band, and then we play in a, a trio called Thumbscrew together. That's like a ah, oh, you gave uh, me some Thumbscrew. We're going to play next hour. Yes. I think so. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, so that, but this was with Tim Byrne who I've, I've been playing with for 30 years. Um, almost, I think close to it. And, uh, and then Mary maybe about for the last 10. Interesting. Interesting. Look, we're at the end of the second hour, October 13, 2021 edition. Pedro show special guest, Michael Foreman. Hold tight for hour three. October 13, 2021, it's the third hour of the Watch from Pedro show.
the sky What a wonderful way to die But it's too easy I wonder what it'll be like Let's <laughs> go. 
Watch for Pedro show start out the third hour. The Michael Formanek Quartet. This is just straight out quartet. Pong is the tune. Babe's New York City of City, the bridge, the sky. Still think it's the worst band name ever, but the tunes are cute. Uh Thympanic Dosage of the Screaming Pina Jane uh, Pina. And this is James Twig Harbor and Rubber O. Cement. I think uh, Twig now is in Baltimore. Rubber O. Cement is yeah, his uh, brutal sound effects crew in the up in the city, and then Headboggle, brand new album and interlude, and finally uh, what you were talking about, Thumbscrew, Never Is Enough. <laughs> Great title. <Yeah. laughs> okay, so uh, in likeness, well, you already gave away a little about th Thumbscrew. That's another project with uh, uh, Mary Halverson, right? Right. And then the Thumbscrew is uh, it's, Tim Burton. It no, no, no. So Thumbscrew is a cooperative trio. Uh, we've been doing uh, Toma Fujiwara is the drummer, Mary Halverson's guitarist. Oh, that's it, and, that's it. Yeah. and I play I play bass and, and we've been doing it for just just 10 years. We just and yeah, so just. we've done we did we just did our second record. I mean, it's kind of the most like a band I've been in, you know, in a long time that, oh, okay. that's really lasted, you know. So so, uh, yeah, it's a great, great band, I think. And we got we're just ready to have our, our seventh uh, recording come out. Now, Pong. Uh, is that the Atari yeah. game? <laughs> well, it, it actually was. That was kind of what was in my head. Like, I like I remember because I can't video games move way too fast for my brain yeah, to handle. Me too. But but Pong was great because you could kind of go out and get a drink, come back. It hadn't really hit the paddle yet. You know, <laughs> keeps going back and forth. And so I, I so Pong was like my speed. But then you remember, it's the more times you got the volley going, it would get faster and faster. Yeah, of course. And so, so so Pong, the tune kind of had it. Sort of starts off with a little bit of that kind of like the Pong thing, and then it gets into all this other crazy stuff. You know, you were talking about Stone's first record, mm -hmm. your first record being Stone's. Yeah. And Honky Tonk Woman starts off pretty slow. And by yeah, the time yeah, they get right. to the end there, it's all an ass. Throw, yeah. Pop the anchor, throw out the chute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, uh, you know, thumbscrew. Have you ever heard it? It reminds me of uh, those you know, delicate objects you use to uh, encourage telling the truth. Or, uh, <laughs> do you ever hear something called the pear? The pear? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it looked like a pear, but it was made out of metal, and it had okay. a threaded piece going down the middle with a thumb screw. So as you went down uh, on the screw, the pear would open up. So you put that, <laughs> they said you didn't even have to use it; you just showed people. You just showed them, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like pulling out the pulling out the pliers for the fingernails, right? It's like that's enough. I'm good. <laughs> what do you need? Or the only good part of Marathon Man, right? Is it safe? Right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. say. <laughs> Here's some more thumbscrew. Cruel, heartless bastards. <laughs>
Watch for Pedro Show Last Music for this edition. Some more thumbscrew. And this one's Cruel Heartless Bastards. Yeah, I wonder if there's a th- if never, never is enough. Is there a theme? <laughs> <laughs> a little fucking yeah, S and uh, M thing. <laughs> Maybe. No, I don't know. No, it's just, there's just always, you know, for me, it's kind of like whatever I'm thinking about at the moment or reacting to or pissed off about or whatever it tends to come out in the tune titles. And right. Sometimes. Sometimes Mr. Uh, Mr. Poe wrote a essay on that, right? The imp of perverse. Right. Right. You got imagination. If you can yeah. think about it, it's going to yeah. get thought. Yeah. But that don't mean though, you have to act on it. It can become part of a, a work. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. right. When they were saying, look, you can't end a story with yeah. a, you know, wrong ending. <laughs> yeah. Bullshit. Watch <laughs> me. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Okay. Tell him after that with at Valder's. Some part of his roaming around. God, they sold the boat, uh, van, so now they're doing it by train, him and his wife. No pad, just total torp, not by train. Exos, exoskeleton. Now, this is your big band, I think. Your, your mm-hmm. Michael Formanick Ensemble Colossus is the correct name. <laughs> and this is Exoskeleton Parts uh, 6 to 7, Shucking While Jiving, A Reptile Dysfunction. Enlighten us, please, Mike. Okay, so um, I I wrote this music, um, I don't know, around 2013, 2014, uh, and I wanted to have a big band. I'd been running, I was teaching at the conservatory in Baltimore for a a bunch of years, and one of the things I was doing was running a big band there. And I got to a point where I'd learned a lot of music, big band music, and I and I really learned what I liked and a lot about what I didn't like about a lot of, you know, much of it. And so I just kind of started to work on this music and I decided I'm going to put together just a group of amazing musicians, but who are also great improvisers and uh, and try to, you know, try to see if I can make something out of it. And uh, so, you know, so we did it. We ended up recording it for ECM and then. And it, you know, it came out. We got to play a few gigs, but bringing a big band on the road is not really uh, something <laughs> that, that you know, I'd recommend to anybody. But uh, it's not Germany it Cano for sure. Oh boy! Oh man! You know, I read it's, this thing in 1939. There was 30,000 yeah. swing bands on the road, and you know they carried at least nine, ten guys, right? Can you imagine? At, the- at least, yeah, Fuck. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And then, and then that it, it all pretty much died by the late 40s right was that was about it and then you know but but uh but it's an amazing thing to have that many instruments together whatever you have them doing if they're all playing one note that's an amazing sounding thing but i you know you I know what i learned it. about swing bands What's tell that? me if i'm wrong if it's bullshit and yeah. got my head up my further <laughs> up my yang than it already is <laughs> that anything that wasn't a fucking horn was in the rhythm section <laughs> Yeah, I try much. to tell people, you know, the, yeah. these little rhythm co- uh, combos with a, t- a tenor soloist. Yeah. That was a. Th- it was probably economics, like you're saying. By the end of the '40s, the Second World War, it yeah. couldn't sustain. So, so piano guy, guitar yeah. guy, everybody was in the rhythm section, pounding yeah. out eighth notes to get over those yeah. fucking horns, and then the yeah. horns are trying to get over the fucking feet that are dancing up a fucking storm. Yep. No. No. That's 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 true. I mean, it's. It um, dance you know, floors it, it, with it, springs built under them, right? 
but then there was also it went different directions because some some people tried to make their band sound more like orchestras. Some Duke Ellington, Duke Ellington. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, you know, there were, there were a bunch of bunch of bands. So they, you know, like anything else, you got it's like you have a million bands. It's like any other kind of band, and everyone's got their their thing. You know what they do. So it, you know, it's it, it just also, to be Michael, able, and, we got to talk about uh, one technology thing: amplifiers. Okay. That changed. Okay. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. the horns are not the fucking loud thing anymore. Absolutely. No, that's a, that made a big difference. But you know what? Also, like um, like the organ, like B3, right? I Absolutely. mean, the B3, the Hammond organ came along and they could fill up a dance hall Absolutely. with with one or a organ and a B3 in a way that like a big band could have. But it cost them about a, a you know, a tenth of the, the price. In fact, my organ man told me that Jimmy Smith was actually doing horn lines sometimes. Yeah, I'm sure. And he that did was... the bass with his feet. Yeah. Right. An organ trio never carried a bass, man. No, almost never, right? It was a lot of times it was just one horn drums and an organ or guitar drums and organ or, you know. Um, so the Colossus was your experiment with this stuff? Yeah, it was It was, It was. was my experiment. It was also a, a chance to, to have a, a great, just an amazing group of people that, that I really like, that I like to be around. So yeah. we had with some of the, the, when we did record and when we've done gigs, it's just been a total blast just to have 18 of my friends, sure, that, sure. That, you know, and, and to be able to do that and underpay them, you know, and just say, <laughs> so, so, say sorry, but, you know, but uh, yeah, but no. It's, Reality it's, prevails. What, it's what, what are you doing right now, Michael? Because we're almost at the um, end of the show, so I want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, where yeah. can yeah. people find you on the internet? Okay, I mean, at the moment, um, I have a a, a recording um, that's that I'm putting out myself in March, and it's uh, it's um, called. I mean, it's some music that was I wrote and recorded like during the pandemic, but it's it's so so it's it's on my label and it's called it's called Were We Where We Were. And it's um and which is uh, and and it's on my label called Circular File Records and uh, and I'm gonna put that I'm gonna put that out in March and and so that's that and I and I'm doing that a trio a great saxophonist named Chet Doxis and a drummer named Vinny Sparaza and I'm also playing some solo gigs coming up and then I'm also doing some duo gigs with my son so those are kind of the main. Is there a Michael Formanek website? There is. You can go to michaelformanek.com and it's Okay, got people, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-F-O-R-M-A-N-E-K.com. Okay. And I'm on some social media and stuff. And you know, you. when you, you get this new stuff out, will you come back on the show and we can play it and talk bass up the yang? I would love to, Mike. <laughs> it's been so much fun. <laughs> I love it too, Michael. Please keep on keeping on. Man, thank you. Okay, brother. You, you People, too. it's been an October 13, 2021 edition. Wap Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.